Greetings from Bethel Church in Edgemont, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us today. I am Pastor Brad, and on behalf of Pastor Nancy, Bethel Church, and myself, we're glad that you are here. We hope that the message today is an inspiration for you. We hope that God's Word speaks to you. We hope that the Holy Spirit moves within you and that you are changed. Get ready. This is going to be good. Come on. Pastor Keith, or Pastor Keith is probably preaching in a football jersey this week, so I don't know, maybe not. So anyway, good morning. Uh, this week what we're going to do is we're going to uh, talk a little bit about um, Kingdom Builders, which is, well, we'll just get into that, but I want to, before we do that, I want to kind of recap a little bit about some things that we talked about last week. Last week, we our, our message was entitled, Giving God Everything. And we kind of processed that a little bit and talked about what does it really mean to give God everything? Because that's a pretty difficult concept, especially when we are a little bit selfish in nature. So some of those things that we talked about, we talked about giving of our, our resources. And we talked about, yes, that includes fine tithing, but it also includes just being financially responsible but with the way that we spend our money we putting God in control of all of those things we talked about giving of your your time and your talents that means whether it's volunteering in the church or whether it's identifying really truly what are those gifts and talents that God has really given me and what is his calling on on me and what am I supposed to do with those heeding God's calling on your life and the third thing we talked about was that the giving of your heart and what a beautiful weekend last weekend was. Nine people in this church baptized in one day. That is absolutely amazing. I tell you what, uh, God does miraculous things because it was, last week was kind of a tough week. And I, I came into Sunday feeling like, ah, God, I just don't know if I can do this today. And, and just that that chance to share that opportunity with those people who have made that decision to give their life to Christ. And I know there's people who are stirring around right now saying, you know what, I think it's about time as well. So we will be working on that next phase as well. But really giving of your heart means making that commitment to living a Christ-centered life, meaning no matter what it is in your life that we are going to dedicate our lives to Christ and we are going to make sure that he's a part of everything else. So, you know, we talked about the fact that a big component of that of giving everything to God is that really just having the faith in God, right? Having the faith that God is in control and at those times that we're worried or scared or going through things that, that God's got it. And we may not understand it, but God is in control. So today I want to expand upon that idea of giving of your resources a little bit. And please don't tune me out right as I talk about that. But I want to introduce you to this idea of an incentive of generosity and talking about what it really means to be a generous person. Yes, being generous can be difficult at times. I know that I personally, you know, I was thinking of this this morning. Imagine if a, a stranger came up to you on the street, maybe a young stranger, and said, hey, you know what, I'm having a little struggle with my bills. Can I get $500 so I can pay my rent? You'd probably laugh at them, right? And you'd probably say, well, no, not a chance. You know, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see you later. But imagine if your, your child, maybe an adult child, came up and called and said, you know, mom, dad, 
you know, I've really been struggling and I'm afraid I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment. Could you just help me this week and, and help me pay my, my rent? Nine times out of ten, unless it's been a pattern, you're going to say, okay, I don't know how we're going to do this, but, but we're going to do this and we're going to help you out. So, see, we, we need to be learn to be generous, but we also need to be learn to be discerning and identifying those things. But we serve a God who can accomplish the impossible. So generosity really comes back to that idea of, of faith and, and being really faithful to God. So what does it really mean, this incentive of generosity, right? It means that generosity is a big part of the, the character of a believer, right? We are, we're called to be generous of all of those components of our lives, and it's really generosity is a characteristic of God. So I want to share with you a verse from the book of Luke chapter 6. It says, Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For, the, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And I think that's a great piece of scripture because I think it describes it so well, but yet sometimes people get caught up in this, right? If I, if I give, then it will be given to me. And I think that's kind of a selfish transaction a little bit. You know, I'm going to give with that heart so that I'm going to test it and it's going to come back to me. I don't know that we want to approach it with that mindset, but yet this is a guarantee from scripture and a guarantee from God. The book of Proverbs chapter 22 verse 9 says, The generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. And another expert excerpt from Proverbs chapter 11:25 says, "A generous person will prosper." And we all know that is true. We know that when we are generous, it, it does allow us to prosper, not only financially, but emotionally as well. See, there's so many scriptures on generosity, and that's really what this idea of kingdom builders is, is all about today. So today, today we're, we're going to learn together how to be generous. Notice I said, I said learning. Give, give yourself an example. You go to school from kindergarten through 12th grade, and sometimes after 12th grade, we decide to go on to college, and if we're really in, inspired, we'll continue over and over again. But that day, whatever your, your schooling looks like, the day you chose to stop, did you say, I'm, I'm just going to stop learning? No, it's, a, it's an ongoing process, right? Those of you who, who maybe have to do types of learning for work, you'll imagine how difficult it would be if we weren't lifelong learning. Well, being generous is, is no different. We need to evolve and we need to grow and we need to really truly learn what it means to be generous. So I want to share a picture with you that I shared with a youth this past week. Have any of you ever seen this picture? It was actually one of Time Magazine's most 100 influential pictures everywhere or ever. And so I want to explain this a little bit and what this is. So this is a young child who is in the process of, of walking from her village a very short distance to where her and her family were going to get food. But she was very, very sick and she didn't have a lot of energy. So she, she fell to the ground. And, and this photographer noticed that when she was laying there, this, this vulture appeared. And so what did he do is he went and he, he shooed the vulture away multiple times, but the vulture kept coming back. And some of you might think, well, why didn't he just pick her up? Well, the people in this area had been told that there was a lot of sickness and a lot of disease, so make sure that he wouldn't touch anybody. So he was caught in this, this moment of, what do I do? And he took this picture. Well, what happened is eventually this picture came out and it, it flew throughout media and he was, it was, he was able to, it was one of Time Magazine's most hundred influential pictures and in fact he won a Pulitzer Prize. 
for this picture. So see, all across the world, there's, there's children, right, who are, who are starving. And all across the world, there's people who have never been introduced to the love of Jesus. Now imagine for a moment this, this young girl. Maybe she hasn't ever been taught the love of Jesus Christ, but yet she's in this moment where even a, a bird knows she's about to die, right? This includes people, young and old, and it also really includes people in our, in our own community. There's people in our own community that haven't experienced the love of Jesus. So our calling as Christians is to spread the Great Commission, right? To share the good news of the gospel and to share it to everyone, right? So we're fo so focused as a society in this idea, though, of, of living a successful life. I won't ask for a share of radius of hands, but I want you to think, how many of you really feel like, you know what, I've, I've led a pretty successful life? Right? I've, I've led a successful life. I've done the things that I wanted to do and I've done quite well. Well, I think when we pursue this mindset, we fail to recognize what it means to live a significant life, a life of significance. So Kevin Carter, his, his picture is coming up here on the screen. This is the gentleman who, who took that picture. He's the man who took the picture of the vulture and the little child. He had lived a, quite a successful life. He was traveling all over the world, taking pictures, selling them to media, and he had won the Pulitzer Prize. Now, if you're a photographer and you win the Pulitzer Prize, this is this would, by society standards, would have been the definition of success, right? Yet just four months after that picture was released, this gentleman by the name of Kevin Carter made the decision to end his own life. So I would argue that maybe he... He had led a successful life, but he was left with this feeling that he hadn't made a significant impact just four months after that picture was released. See, he'd found success, but had he really found significance? And so I think as a, as a church, we need to start to think about that is, are we really significant? Because as a campus of Bethel Church, I would argue that we need to do more, right? We need to do more than coming on a, on a Sunday and, and volunteering on occasion, I think we need to do more. We, we have to be significant. We need to be leaving an impact, not only in our community, but across the world. See, we're called to spread the gospel. And if we're really going to truly do that, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, we need to do a few things. And one of the things I want to talk about today is that we, the idea of bringing missions to the forefront of our church. And the second thing I want to talk about is exploring new ways to expand our ministry through outreach. So as an entire church of campuses, you know, Bethel Church, whether it's in Rapid City or Edgemont or Sturgis or, or Cornerstone Mission, we support 20 missionaries, and that, can, that number continues to grow. Actually, I think it's closer to about 26 missionaries now all across the United States and across the world. And uh, our students a couple of years ago, I mentioned this last week, but they were recognized as a giving group of kids as they selflessly gave to Speed the Light. They gave a, an amount of over $1,200 to missions. It was the first time that an amount like that had come from our youth um, and was given. And this $1,200 would go towards purchasing much needed equipment and transportation for, for missionaries overseas. It's, it's great when we go to the state youth conference. One of the things we see all the time is we get this opportunity to hear from missionaries across the world. And I remember a couple of years ago, they actually handed the keys over to a brand new vehicle to a couple who was overseas who had no source of transportation there. 
So Kingdom Builders is nothing new. For those of you who have been a part of Kingdom Builders or been a part of Bethel Church for quite some time, you'll remember Pastor Jared talked about Kingdom Builders a, a few years ago, and it's nothing new. And in fact, it's really nothing new to, to Bethel Church. It, it's a national in, initiative, and it goes. it's all about above and beyond giving. So in the past, we've talked about it as a group of churches. And I know a few years ago, um, Pastor Keith even talked about, well, we need to go above and beyond. He may have asked, you know, he asked us about giving. And one of those things that came up was, well, we have a debt as a church as a whole. And that was something that was quite controversial. And for some people, they said, said well, you know, I'm in Edgemont or I'm in Sturgis. And why am I doing this? Well, this year, what I want to do is I want to talk about this in a little bit different. I want to talk about a, a new way and a new concept. And I want to talk about goals and vision that really revolve around our church. The unique characteristics of Bethel Edgemont, not just Bethel as a whole, but our church and our community. Because we're not an urban church. In fact, if we go by the classifications, we would be classified as a village. I think that's kind of fun because a village really gives me this idea that we're in this together, a small group, almost a little house on the prairie type of feeling, although I know we're more than that, so don't hear me wrong, but we don't have a large attendance on any Sunday as you look around. I think there's probably about 30 of us sitting here today. And we have a rather simple existence, but I'm okay with that, right? I don't want to have this big urban setting where I don't even know the names of the people who I'm talking to on a Sunday morning. I wouldn't have it any other way. So last week we talked about giving and we talked about the importance of, of tithing, which is one of those things as a pastor that's a difficult thing to talk about. But it's biblical and it's all about this biblical connection and it's a role in the advancement of the Great Commission. So if we can't make a commitment to, to talking about this thing and talking about tithing and obedience and talking about its connection to the word and giving above and beyond is never going to be feasible, right? So we have to think about it in that context. So as we talk about our goals and visions for the remainder of this year, I'm going to ask that you once again consider how you can make some changes in your life, right? Consider how you can ask God to be the steward of your finances and put tithing first because tithing is about honor, tithing is about obedience, but Kingdom Builders is about being generous. So what does this mean for, for our church? What does it mean? Well, our goal for the 2023 as a campus is $10,000, and that sounds like a lot, right? $10,000 is a lot, but I want you to understand this is above and beyond our giving and, and, and why it's such a big dream and a big vision, because if we can reach that goal of, of $10,000, which really isn't a lot, but if we can reach that goal, it's proof that we can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. So today I want to talk to you about that number and what our goals are and why this is so important. But I want to break it down for you a little bit because I, I'm, a, I'm kind of a nerd. I break, like to break things down. So Pastor Nancy and I a couple weeks ago had to fill out a report and we determined we have about 89 people that come through our doors either every Sunday or, or regularly. So that might number might surprise you as you look around, right? But we have about 89 people who attend our church regularly or sporadically. 89. So that's about 11.7% of our total community population. And I know that we have people that, you know, don't live in the community. Pastor Nancy and myself, you know, we live outside of the community. But we have these 89 people who call Bethel Church their home church. So if we crunch these numbers, if we, if we do the math, even if we round down our attendance to 80 people, it doesn't take much for us to collectively reach that goal. So I want to talk about it. If each and every one of us, I figured out, gave $2.40 a week, we'd surpass our goal in just one year. So how do we do that? Well, I asked Pastor Nancy to go to her, her little fun, fun jar. 
and, that, and that's two dollars and forty cents and i so then i was like well i can't really ask her to do that so then i went to my little fun jar and that's also two dollars and forty cents not a whole lot and so then i started to think about it how often do i do that well i went to taco bell yesterday and it cost me eight dollars and then on the way home nancy calls and says i really would like a pizza so then i went to pizza hut and spent like fourteen dollars so that i could buy her a pizza you know if i stopped this morning at the gas station i think a 20 ounce of pop is like almost three dollars now right so it's it's really no different a cup of coffee at starbucks we went there a couple weeks ago and i think it was twelve dollars for the two of us to get a coffee it's absolutely ridiculous so two dollars and forty cents a week isn't a big deal but if you take that times each and every person that attends our church and do that every week we would easily in 52 weeks way surpass that ten thousand dollars if we're in this together this small contribution above and beyond will do a lot so i have a graphic up here on the screen and on what that what that really is going to look like so this is kind of a a graphic of of the vision of of what we want to do and so 36 percent of this kingdom builder idea giving is going to go to world missions and, and missions projects so that would be the portion in the blue and we talk about world missions, but we're also going to talk about the fact that we live in a mission-rich community right here, right? We have many people that need to be reached. So we've decided, though, to make a commitment to support three missionary families throughout the world at a total cost of $3,600. So there's, there's 36%, and that's $100 per month per missionary fam family over the course of a year, and that's about $0.86 cents per person per week. Pretty small number, but a number that would make a big impact. So I want to introduce you to those individuals or families. So the first one that, that's coming up on the screen here, individual, this is Melissa Glanzer. She is currently or on her way, I'm not sure, heading to East Africa. And her goal is she wants to plant churches there. She wants to work in an area that's a predominantly an Islamic nation which when I heard that, that, that brought fear to me because I thought, how in the world do you spread Christianity in an Islamic nation? I would imagine that's not really safe. Now, now Melissa is connected to Bethel Church. She's actually a re relative of Pastor Nancy and Pastor Elise who are in our, our Sturgis campus. And so that's also one of the reasons why we chose her. So the next individual or individuals that are coming up, this is Nathaniel and Janae Molin. Um, they have three or, or four kids, excuse me, and they're going to French Polynesia. And they are huge in youth of youth ministry. In fact, that's how Pastor Nancy and I got to know them. Um, anytime that we go anywhere that deals with youth, we, we know that we're going to see Nathaniel and Janae, and they just have a love for God and a love for spreading the word of God. And so they're going to be concentrating on youth evangelism in French Polynesia. That sounds like a lot of fun to me because I can't, I don't even quite know where it is, but it just sounds amazing. They're also going to start a, a Bible school there, a new Bible school ministry. And so that's super exciting. And then our last person that we have up here on the screen, this is Reagan Newhouse. I don't know if any of you know Reagan. She actually had grew up in Bethel Rapid City and she's going to be in Papua New Guinea. Also sounds pretty amazing, right? I I thought about selling some horses when I heard that, you know, maybe I could go to Papua New Guinea. That would be fun. But she's going to be working on um, planting churches there as well. And she also has an, a, a passion for health care. And so she's going to be working with people to open up clinics to provide health care to people in Papua New Guinea. So uh, we actually um, have a video from Reagan, and I'm going to just share that, get, introduce her to you a little bit, and then we'll continue on. So go ahead. Hello, Edgemont Campus. My name is Reagan Newhouse, and I'm from Rapid City, and I grew up at Bethel. And I'm a missionary associate here in Papua New Guinea. 
Papua New Guinea is an island nation north of Australia, and it's unique because they speak over 800 different languages here. Because of that challenge and the difficult terrain here in Papua New Guinea, there are so many places that have no church or some people have been resistant to the gospel. My team here in Papua New Guinea is going to be using health care ministries and other outreach ministries to reach out to these people who have been resistant to the gospel and share the gospel with them. Thank you for your willingness to support me and be a part of what God is doing here in Papua New Guinea. So apologize for the audio there. Maybe you heard it better than me with my horrible hearing, but but that it's just nice to get to see faces and see Reagan there and hear, hear a little bit from her. So I want to share with you from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus says this, there, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So when we look at this scripture, there, there are words that we can pick out that we feel Jesus is commanding us to do. But I want to show you something as, as the graphics are already there. Something I want to highlight, some elements of scripture. So if we look at that, the first word I missed up there is go. Right, that, That's very obvious and it starts there and it talks about making disciples of all nations. It talks about baptizing people. It talks about teaching people and it talks about obeying everything that God has asked us to do. And, you know, this is really the only thing that Jesus ever commanded us to do is to go make disciples, baptize people, teach them and obey what God has called us to do. So if we look at this verse a little bit different and it says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Really, that's what missions is all about, right? Spreading the gospel and making disciples everywhere here on earth. And in the original language that Jesus is speaking, there's this word go. And we see it right here, and we see it as a command, but it's actually just an assumption, right? We would hear it as if I, if we're talking to our kids and they're frustrating us, and we say, just go, right? Anybody ever do that? I know I've done it, but this is not really what it is. It's not a command. It's an assumption, and Jesus is saying, you're already going about your everyday life. You're already doing the things you do every single day. So when you do that, make disciples along the way. Right? He's not asking us even to drastically change our lives. He's not saying sell everything and go become a missionary overseas. He's just saying in your everyday life, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples along the way. And making disciples is the command and go is the assumption and baptizing them and teaching them. Those are the products of this commandment. So if we, we go out and we make disciples, the byproduct will be that people will become baptized. They will learn and we will be able to grow the gospel. See, Kingdom Builders is, a, is making disciples in every nation and making disciples in our own community, in our own backyard. And, and it's through this selfless generosity. See, this selfless generosity is going to continue in each breakdown that I talk about. So the next portion that I want to talk about, and I don't know if you can go back to that graphic for me, but 20% of all giving is going to go to the local, to local community outreach. Right, so if we look at this, 20% going to local community outreach. So what does that mean? So like community outreach events, and I know we already do some of these, but expanding those opportunities, getting people in our community connected. I did some other research over last night when I was going through these, and, and about 34% of Americans actually go to church. Okay, ironically, that's a percentage up there, but it doesn't. It's not the same. About 34% of people go to church. And so if we figure that 11.7% of, of our community is, is connected to Bethel Church, that means we have about a third of the church-going people in our community 
But yet that leaves that large percentage of people who aren't connected to a church's hall at all. So 20% of giving is going to go to local community outreach. Um, we're also going to tie that to our back to school festival, which we find to be vitally important that we bless the kids in this community and, we, and supporting individuals and families in need. Oftentimes people will come to us and they'll, they'll ask for help and need. And we're going to use this to not only help out people in need, but then to equip them to grow and help out themselves. And you might be thinking to yourself, these are already things that we're doing. Because we already do community outreach. We already do back to school fest. We already support individuals and families in need. And that's true. But by committing to kingdom builders, what we're doing is we're committing to freeing up the financial resources out of the, our main funding and committing to putting ourselves on a path that's going to independently support our own church. Because as a church, being a small church in a campus is often difficult to be independent and support yourselves. So when we're able to be an independent as a church, we're going to concentrate on the work of, of our mission field. And that mission field is is right here in our community. So the next one we're going to talk about is transportation. And 34% of our commitment is going to go towards a, a transportation fund. Most of you know that our, our beautiful Tic Tac that's hiding out back, that green vehicle. Somebody decided to drill a hole in the gas tank, and I think it's so old that they don't believe that it, it we can repair it or even find a used gas tank to go in there. So we're going to put, start putting together a fund that's going to help us to buy new transportation, and $3,400 isn't going to buy us a new van. I know that. But if we don't start somewhere, we're never going to get where we want to go. But think of it this way. If we had safe and enjoyable transportation, reliable transportation, Think about the opportunities that we could do as a church, not just with youth, but as adults to get out and, and grow together. And the next part uh, is the 10% is leader development. And 10% of that final amount is going to go towards leader development. So that includes training for your pastors, Pastor Nancy and myself, giving us the opportunity to go to local and regional or national training to get that training. But also we've, we've talked about the idea of pursuing um really equipping people to to lead worship. So sending some folks to some worship training as well so that we can work on developing a, a worship team on a regular basis. So today I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to admit this this message sounds all about like all about money, right? And it's it's true we're talking about money, but in reality what we're ultimately talking about is this renewed spiritual foundation, right? For our church. We're not talking about a foundation that was missing. I'm not saying that we don't have a spiritual foundation but a foundation that may need a little bit reviving. I love the word revival. I love to think about revival. Revival. I dream about revival and what that would look like in our own community, but oftentimes I think we get caught up in that idea and then we get, we get frustrated, right? Because revival is not recurring. So I wanna share a story. Um, so uh, on Thursday afternoon, I had a couple kids come to my office and they said, Mr. Zocco, I know you're probably really busy today. But can we set up a time to talk to you tomorrow? Because there's some things that are really on our hearts that we want to talk to you about. And I said, absolutely. When do you want to come? They said, well, can we come during lunchtime? I said, I'll clear my calendar. I'll make sure I'm available. And so Friday afternoon, right around at lunchtime, I open up my door. I just finished a meeting. And here's like these 10 or 12 kids. They all have their pizza because Friday is pizza days at Rapid City Christian. And they want to come in. So we found a couple more chairs and we sat around the table in my office. And I said, what, what can I do for you? And I was thinking like the way kids think, right? Like, oh, well, we need more of this and we need less of this, right? And, and, and that's not what it was all about. Well, then in essence it was, they said, um, well, we're here today because we really have a heart for the fact that we're, we don't wanna just be a Christian school by name. 
But we want to be a, a Christian school truly. In other words, people are walking out their faith on a day-to-day -day basis. Because I don't know if you're aware of this, but any any Christian school, we've got to, you've got issues, right? Just like families. I mean, we got issues. Everybody say it with me. We got issues, right? But uh, but it, it was just so beautiful. So I said, so I started asking them. I'm like, what does this look like? You know, well, the first thing that the young lady who who kind of brought the meeting together is she said, I want to I want to share a scripture with you. And so she she shared uh, some scripture with me and 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 we talked a little bit about what it means. And that word revival came about. She said, what we really want is we want this opportunity for revival to happen. And I so I said, you know, I'm going to talk very little because I don't want to hinder your thought processes at all. But she continued and she said, by the way, these uh, 12, 10 or 12 people that are in the office, this is just a small represent representation of people that are coming together. And she said, so we, we really want to have a bigger meeting. Is there a place that we can meet after school? And so we found him a place and I came in and here's these 25, 30 kids, which I think was a representation as well. And I just reminded them, you know, think about a, a flame and a big fire, right? A fire starts as a, as a tiny little flame, but it was just beautiful to see this fact that even in that environment, they were just so hungry for revival because they wanted their experience in school to really be all about God. So I share this story because I, I don't want to be a, us to be a church that's just, just Christian in name, right? I don't want us to be a church that just comes on Sunday and hears a message and, you know, prays together. I want it to be so much more. Well, see, we're never going to be perfect, but I think we, that we have to strive to give everything to God and we have to strive to walk in faith in every element of our life. So if we're really going to be a kingdom-building church, if we're really going to learn to give everything to God, then we first must learn to tithe, as we talked about last week. And secondly, we have to learn to be generous. Generous with, with our time and generous with our talents and, yes, generous with our, our financial resources. So those are the components. Those are the, the stepping stones of getting closer to our dream and a vision for what God has for Bethel, what God has for your, or your families, and what God has for each and every one of us. And I know that some of you are thinking, well, you know what, Pastor Brad, I'm not a millionaire. I'm barely a thousandaire. And so kingdom builders isn't for me. And I, and I get it, right? And I can understand the idea, but a kingdom builder isn't just somebody who's rich, right? A kingdom builder is anybody who gives any amount above and beyond, right? Again, that amount isn't the focus. The focus is obedience that leads to generosity. So I want to share a quote with you from a pastor that really, it speaks it much better than I can really. He says this, he says, I've heard it over and over again. All the church wants is my money. I guess I think about it differently. If I were attending a church that never asked for my money, I would leave immediately. He goes on to say that church doesn't, the church that doesn't need my money doesn't have vision lacks ambition and has a misunderstood its purpose. I want to be a part of a church that will not rest until my community has seen and heard and taste the gospel, that will not rest until every person God has called us to go has gone. He finishes off this by saying this will require resources and lots of them. No, I think I, I think I should be much more concerned when my church doesn't want my money than when it does. See, Money is just a mechanism, right? Money is a mechanism and generosity is the catalyst and kingdom builders is the outcome. So, so what does it really take? If, if you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure about this, what does it take to be a, a kingdom builder? I'm going to give you some real simple things to follow, right? Three, three points today. The first one is, is breathe. Or you can think of it as breath. I'm going to think of it as, as both words. First of all, take a breath because it's really all about relaxing and having faith. 
It's right. It's about relaxing and giving this all to God. And if you're able to do that, and if you have breath, you can do this. You can be a kingdom builder. From, from young to old, we can all be kingdom builders, right? Our kids show time and time again when they come with their money and put it in the little yellow bucket. They make their, meet their goals almost all the time so that through BGMC they can spread the gospel. So age doesn't matter. We don't have to be wealthy. We don't have to have life figure it all out. We just have to have faith. Okay, the second thing is that we need to the catch the vision. And, and really what the vision is this. Have we, have we spread the gospel to all areas that we can possibly spread the gospel? Have we reached every person, whether it's in across the world or whether it's right here in our community and sometimes right next door or right across the street? Have we caught the vision of, in the big picture? And if you haven't, I'm going to ask you to pray to God and, and pray about what that looks like for you. You know, my goal would be for us to reach the world and our community together for the sake of the gospel and a calling to, be, to build the kingdom together. Oftentimes when pastors get caught up in the numbers that are sitting in the seats, it's, it's misunderstood. But each and every, every seat in this room that's not filled to me represents a soul that's potentially lost and will go to hell eventually one day because they don't understand the beauty of the gospel. So I, I'm going to say the second thing is just to catch the vision, to think about what we could do in this community if we had the resources. Number three is to dream big and to write it down, right? Anybody ever go through a goal setting thing, maybe in a workshop? You, ultimately, you need to write down what that goal is. And everybody, I want you to think about this. Think about what it would take for you to, to be a kingdom builder above and beyond. What would it take for you? It could be, it could be any amount, right? The numbers between you and God. Yes, $2.40 per person would get us there easily. We would surpass it and we would reach our goal. But maybe that goal is different from you. Maybe God has put a calling on your heart that says, you know what? I want to go out and I want to do more. So I'm going to ask you to ask God to help you take steps of faith to reach that number. I want to share a couple pieces of scripture from you. This one from Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. It tells us to write down the vision. It says, write down the dream as if to proclaim the faithfulness of to God. Oftentimes when you have a prayer, the reason why we have prayer request cards is not just so Pastor Nancy and I can get it to pray for you, but it's acknowledging that that is truly something that you too are praying about. So write it down. See, I truly believe as Ephesians 3 chapter 20 says, God can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask for or imagine. It's sometimes sad that I think that we're limited by our own sense of imagination, but God can do way more than we could ever imagine. God can do so much more. So allow a big God to give you a big dream. I know this is kind of a tough message to, to think about, but I really, I don't want you to think about it in the aspects of, of dollars and cents. I want you to think about it in the aspect of, of people and the aspect of souls. And if we can really do that, if we can think about those individual people who really need our help, then I think it changes things drastically for each and every one of us. Let's take a moment and, and pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. I thank you for each and every person that's in this church, God. I pray that the, the vision will be felt, God, with each and every person. I pray that you will plant a, a picture in each and every mind of, of an individual, whether they're known or not known, that we truly need to work to spread the gospel for. God, we pray for our, our missionaries as they go out into the world to spread the news. We pray a safety that will fall upon them. We pray abundance for them. We pray courage and wisdom as they speak to people and share the love of Jesus Christ. 
And God, we pray for each and every person and family in this church, God. We pray for, for healing for those families that are struggling with sickness, God. We pray for peace for those families that are feeling that stress and anxiety, God. And we pray that we will come together at this time to, to love one another, to be there for one another, and to walk through this, this journey together as your church, God. God, we thank you for everything that you've done in this church and those things that you will continue to do. And all this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.